So hello everyone, this is another episode of the Closing the Gap podcast with uh, me, Ugo Che, and my good friend Fabrizia Costa. Hi Fabrizia. Hello. Hi, hi. How are you doing? I hear you are a little bit sick in the past few days, right? Uh, yes, it's been one of those, um, totally lost my voice, so if any if anybody has followed me in the Outside the Box group, uh, they've heard me speak like this and <laughs> do very funny live streamings, but we made it, we made it, and it's still a little bit funny, but... It's much better, so I'm back on yeah, top of this. Yeah, much better. I was sick for a couple of days myself as well. You know, those little winter temporary illnesses, viruses, whatever. I don't know. I was just under the weather for a couple of days, but now I'm back and uh, found myself with uh, too many things to do, too many, uh, just everything at the same time happening today and so on. Maybe, maybe we should do one episode about focusing about learning to do one thing at a time and not Abs spreading absolutely it. absolutely yeah. that is key and really important and deep work and one thing at a time so yeah let's do that yeah Next but, time. but that's not what we are going to to talk about today today we are just going to just keep progressing from what we we talked about uh, on the previous episode our episode number five that we titled uh, motivation inspiration and routines right we we talked about um, the fact that we shouldn't wait for inspiration to strike or for the muse to pay attention to us right before we get down to work uh, we, we discussed the fact that in order to close the gap we need to do a lot of work and that's for sure uh, and we need to not wait for uh, the motivation, the inspiration to do great work strikes us, but it's important to get to work every day. As Todd yes. Henry says, and we quoted that in the previous episode, he says, I only write when I'm motivated too. I just happen to be motivated every day at 8 a.m. <laughs> yes, that is so fantastic. And I am, um, I'm actually reading because I, I like to read um, books not just about photography but um, Stephen King mm. whom I don't read because I don't like horror stories but that I appreciate as a writer because he's a really good writer actually wrote a book on writing so I bought that because I love to write and I wanted to hear and it's a lot about his life story and all his things so if anybody's interested in that kind of thing I strongly recommend this book but anyway he says exactly the same things it's about sitting down and writing those pages every day with no fail because otherwise nothing gets done if you're just waiting for you know the muse to strike as it were and um and he, had, he, he talks about uh, his work process and it's really quite interesting as well so yeah that's another thing yeah. you might like to read i think also ernest hemingway wrote something about that he was hemingway was a great writer but he was was also a great writer's writer he wrote about writing and, uh, yes. and about his process uh, for, for writing and so on. I will try to dig up a quote maybe later about that. But uh, let's not just focus on writers because we are about photography here. So Yeah, but it's the creative process yeah. and it's the same across, you know, whether you're a photographer, an artist, a writer, you know, click that shutter, write that page, 
you know, pick up that paintbrush all the time. And, and here we go. <laughs> speaking of paintbrushes, also Picasso said, inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. Yes, so we just, <laughs> we're just flogging ahead a dead horse here, maybe a little bit, <laughs> just to give the idea. But uh, so we get this advice from this great artist that yeah, you should do the work, get down, do the work, get 8 a.m., sit down at your desk or go out with your camera and take photos, write uh, pages, paint uh, pictures, and so on. But uh, I mean, it's it's hard. It, it's not enough to just say, okay, to, I want to sit down and I want to start working at the typewriter, at the computer, or with my camera. Because we, when we do, we commit to do it, but uh, many times we, we get stuck in a rut. Uh, we experience what could be called the writer's block or the photographer's block or the painter's block. And sometimes it's because what we don't know what to create or we think we should be creating something very specific or uh, we create something and we are dissatisfied with it and again this is Ira Glass reminds us that we have great taste so maybe it's because of that we create something and we don't like it we appreciate we don't appreciate it so we get we think we are depressed and disillusioned and we stopped uh, does that ever happen to you as well oh yes also because I think that um, our work is a very lonely and solitary work. You know, we may have interactions with other photographers, sometimes online, and we may have friends who also do the same thing. But really, for the 95% of the time, we work alone. We create things, we, we, we put things down. Sometimes we don't show what we do because we feel is under power and it's not good enough and so we don't want to put it out so all of this process is really done on our own and it and it can be very lonely and it can be very kind of weird kind of self analyzing and looking at our work judging everything you know we don't have a, a, a any confrontation anything coming from the outside that gives us an 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 insight about what's going on really that's why it's it's really nice to have, you know, mentors and coaches and people that you can, you know, send your work to or work with and have a feedback on. That's 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 wonderful. But yeah, if you're working on your own and you're producing something and it's never good enough, and then we'll talk about perfectionism some other time because that creeps in as well and a little bit into what we're gonna say today as well. But yeah, it happens, it happens all the time. Very easy. One thing that we could think of doing to, to fight this is uh, continuously struggling to create the best possible work every single day. But I think, uh, I'm sure you will agree with this, that, it's, uh, that this is a mistake. Because one is perfectionism, right? It's, uh, it's never a good thing. You always say if you strive to create something perfect, you will never start creating something good. Uh, the other thing is that uh, it's going just to, to create frustration if you set out with the intent of creating something great from the start, whether it's perfect or not. I believe this is a mistake. Uh, the mistake is always striving to create the best possible work. Think conversely, the best possible strategy, the best thing that you can do is not to create the best work, but is to create the greatest amount of work that you can on every single day. So in other words, 
quantity breeds quality. Yes, absolutely. And it goes back to the 10,000 hours of um, deliberate work, Yeah. right? Setting out to do a lot of work deliberately and with, with a clear intention of what you want to do. So, of course, you can uh, spend 10,000 hours on one picture <laughs> or you can spend 10,000 hours on a million pictures. And, of course, the result will be very different. That, that, that you know. Even just looking at it that way is logical. Uh, I would like to illustrate just a sort of a support for my, my thesis that quantity breeds quality. Uh, a story, is a, can think of it as a parable. Uh, I heard it uh, from many different sources, but this version here I found in a book. It's called Art and Fear by David Bales and Ted Orland. And I'm just going to quote from, from the book. It says, it's about uh, a ceramics school where the pupils would build vases, right? Uh, ceramic artifacts. And, uh, and it, so the book says that the ceramics teacher announced on opening day that he was dividing the class into two groups. All those on the left side of the studio, he said, would be graded solely on the quantity of work they produced all those on the right solely on its quality. His procedure was simple. On the final day of the class, he would bring in his bathroom scales and weigh the work of the quantity group. 50 pounds of pots rated an A, 40 pounds a B, and so on. Those being graded on quality, however, needed to produce only one pot. I'll buy the perfect one to get an A. Well, came grading time and a curious fact emerged. The works of highest quality were all produced by the group being graded for quantity. It seems that while the quantity group was busily churning out piles of work and learning from their mistakes, the quality group had sat theorizing about perfection and in the end had little more to show for their efforts than grandiose theory and a pile of dead clay. <laughs> So I'm, I don't absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or an apocryphal story. It's a parable, just told to. But uh, I think it's uh, it's definitely plausible and, and realistic. I mean, um, and in photography, we can see that uh, in the fact that if we go out and strive to take one great image, it's very unlikely that we will achieve that result. And especially if we do it every day and every day we try to create an even better image we'll create so few images that we will not learn a lot we will not progress we will not do enough work right instead it's just better to go out and take as many images as possible yes and actually i love a quote by um, photographer david dushman who is an amazing photographer mentor teacher, friend, and he says, if you're not making lots of bad photos, you're not trying hard enough. And he is one who has, I don't know, he produces, if you if you don't follow him on Instagram, I suggest you do, because he produces an incredible amount of work, fantastic photos. He's a travel humanitarian photographer, he calls himself, and he, he does photograph humanity, travels a lot. 
uh, takes a lot of images and he creates courses and he has an incredible group online and he's mentoring and teaching and making workshops. And I don't know how he finds the time to do all this. But, you know, basically what he does, he goes out and he takes an enormous amount of photos and creates a lot of work, a huge body of work. And um, he is always pushing whoever listens to him to just go out and do it because um, I kind of do the same. I try to take a picture whenever I can. And if I, you know, if I take a photo and it's not very good, I look at it and go, okay, well, it's not a waste of time. It's just that I know how to make it better next time or I've learned something or I can think about ways to make it better next time. So I go out and do it again and again and again until I get to catch that light with the right, you know, whatever settings or in that composition that I'm looking for. It just needs the time. It's like giving some soil, you know, fertilizer, time and effort and water to get something to bloom and come into being. It needs to grow into being. Every image needs to grow into being. And we, we can only do that by trying and trying and trying again until it's just right. It's just what we like. And sometimes we hit it first time, the lucky times, but most of the times we don't. So there's always something that we can experiment on and try on and make better. I love that. So go out, make tons and tons of bad photos. It's good for you. Great that you quoted David Dushimin because uh, I mean, I'm one of his, uh, <laughs> I'm following him as well. And uh, by the way, just a little plug here. I interviewed him uh, for my other podcast, which is called The Traveling Image Makers. If you want to, people who are listening to this who are not already listening to my other podcast, they're invited to do so. And it's called The Traveling Image Makers. And our guest uh, last week was, in fact, David Dushamin. And we discussed uh, about his latest project and a number of things, including the, this idea of... Uh, taking a lot of photos, taking a lot of bad photos, possibly. And he has an interesting twist on this concept because, I mean, it's easy to say, uh, okay, just go out and click randomly, spray and pray, right? Uh, that, that's no, what they no, say. That's, that, that's not what yeah. we mean, of course. No, no, no. Um, he, he has this concept of the fact that those bad photos, uh, of course, you need to take them with intent, right? And not just random Pray and spray and pray, of course. Uh, but also these photos, uh, he likes to think of them as sketches. These are sketches that will help him um, build towards great photos or even maybe better photos. Okay, um, and thinking of those, he, he says that thinking of those uh, photos not as junk, but as something important and valuable, even they're not ever going to see the, the day of the light of the day, right? You might not even publish them because they're still sketches. Maybe they yeah. will be discovered when you're, when, when you're dead, when you're old <laughs> and your uh, juvenile work will be thought of something great, but it was, they were just sketches. But anyway, uh, thinking of those as, as sketches and looking at them and, um, uh, examining them and seeing, reflecting on them, thinking, what could I do better next time? That's very important. Uh, instead, if you try to do something that is absolutely the best possible and 
you don't achieve that because realistically you will never achieve that. You will uh, look at that and you, you don't have much material to work on and to develop uh, and to create and to make more clay vases in the future and uh, achieve better quality through quantity. So that, that's just a, a great approach, I think. It's, uh, it turns the, this concept of sp uh, spray and pray on its head and turns it into something really meaningful. But of course, you need to, to do it with intent and with focus. Yes, having a plan is important, I think. Uh, we've talked about that before, I think. But uh, to to know what you're going out to shoot, you know. Am I going out because the light is right now? Am I going out because this place is uh, what I want to photograph? And, and there's a whole another podcast we can talk about, you know, photographing the same place over and over again different times of day different ways of seeing it or with different things going on in that place you know that that's also something because then you're really getting to know where you are and what that thing means and you're not just you know walking by and taking you know three snapshots and walking off to the next thing just um going deeper i think we we will talk about this going deeper into things to to, to get you know to, to get the essence of them into your photographs that's and that only happens if you just do it over and over and over and over and over again it does not happen any other way yeah uh, that's also a similar concept that i found i think i, I already quoted that book it's uh, zen camera by david ulrich uh, where he suggests this daily practice of uh, i think it's called a visual diary or something like that Every day you, you should go out and take photos and collect them, organize them in folders, and then not just discard them because they are not good, they're just sketches, but go over them again and again and try to find similarities, try to find patterns, try to find uh, discover the things that uh, you're attracted to. Because it, it's, it's hard to uh, say, eh, I, I want to be a, a portrait photographer and I want to photograph models. And every day, if I don't photograph a model, I'm not... Then maybe you, you find models, you hire them, you photograph them, and you find that's not your true calling. And you've wasted a lot of time you, because you were convinced that was your calling. Whereas, in fact, your calling was something different and you would have discovered if you had uh, allowed yourself the freedom to experiment, to try new things, to do sketches and so on. Yes, I remember... Uh, you know, I come from the fashion world, but when I decided to start my own photography in Austria, when I moved away from Italy, I I really wanted to photograph people. Uh, but at the beginning, I wasn't sure. So I did some commercial work. I did. I loved photographing food, you know, and I and I still do. But um, in the end, people is what really clicked with me because I love people and you know that's what I, I like to connect with people and I still enjoy photographing other things but it's not my it's not what really makes me excited you know <laughs> and, and that I would want to do day in and day out so um, you only you only really figure it out when you try everything and then you realize, oh, this is just something that I can totally get lost in and spend hours doing, and it's not heavy for me. Uh, while other things, you know, I realize that, you know, give me a still life to do, and after 15 minutes, I'm dead. Hate it. 
you know. <laughs> so it's not something, and I can appreciate a nice still life or something. A lot of food stuff is still life, but it's the way you do it. So you really need to, you know, photography is all great, but we all have what really resonates with us as as we are deeply. And then we just work on, on the thing that really clicks with us. Um, another concept uh, that is uh, relevant here, I think, uh, is that we sometimes we are too much focused on the end result, on what we want to achieve, uh, as uh, opposed to the, the attempt of achieving something, which in itself is valuable. Uh, let me see if I can explain it with uh, uh, with a metaphor, and I'm not claiming the metaphor is mine because I got it from another one of my often quoted gurus, that is Seth Godin. And in his podcast, he has this uh, episode, it's called Throw, Throw, Catch, Catch. And he uh, talks about, he's this metaphor of uh, about jugglers. And he's, how do you learn juggling? Because many people would... Uh, look at the juggler and try to see how they catch the ball, right? Uh, it's all about catching the ball. That's, that's what most people think. And if you start to try juggling on your own, you expend all of your effort towards catching the ball because it's the end result of your gesture. You throw the ball and it's important that you catch it. And if you drop the ball uh, and you do it in front of an audience, uh, you lose status, you lose prestige, so you want to catch the ball. But as long as you are focused on catching the ball, you will never catch it. You will always drop it. The, mm -hmm. He says, you need to focus on throwing. That's the important gesture. That's where everything starts. He says, if you throw well, the catches will take care of themselves. Dropping is fine. We're not doing it so we can catch. We're doing it so we can learn to throw. So he says, you throw, 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 without even trying to catch. And then you do it until you finally catch it because you just thrown so well. You, you become so good at throwing that you will have to expend no effort in catching. And then what you do, you add another ball. You, you start with one ball and then you add another ball and you do throw, throw, catch, and you drop and you do it again and you do two throws in a row and you don't try to catch the second time. You only try to do two proper throws in a row until you do the catches as well. So uh, why this works? It is because if we are so focused on catching, on the end result, we are driven by fear. We are driven by uh, the expectation that if we fail the catch, we will lose status. Whereas if we only focus on throw, we don't have that worry. We are free to, to fail which is another very important thing about importance of failure and being free to fail and what it means for us. So, uh, again, I think it all ties together, right? Uh, yes. Do our work. Actually, yeah, yeah this, is, this is also a really important concept in general and in business because when I mentor people on business, photographers on business, one of the main things is like detach from the outcome. You know, that's, you know, what the principle is, start and do what you need to do properly at the beginning. And then don't worry about what 
will be the end results. Yes, we have intention and yes, we set a goal and yes, we're going in that direction and we're focused towards it. We know what we want to end up with, but instead of focusing on the end thing, we're going to focus about the next step and the next step and getting those things, you know, the foundations really, that's the throwing, <laughs> really, uh, really solid. And then it's much easier to get to where you want to get because you, you, you have a base that allows you to uh, then do and create what you want to create. So, yes, it's, I love Seth Godin. He's, <laughs> even if he's not a photographer, there's so much in there that we can learn. Uh, on the other hand, somebody said, if I'm not mistaken, start with the end in mind, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, yes. Which? We have to start with the end in mind, our intention and the focus and the way we're going, you know, because we, well, as photographers, we can go out and look around and get, be inspired by the place that we're at to, you know, I don't go out and say, I want to go and do this picture because I, then I go out and I walk around or something. And unless I know where I'm going, it, a lot of things just come to you. But sometimes if I want to, you know, go after a certain look, a certain mood, a certain something, I have to have some kind of intention. Even if I'm making it up on the spot, you are setting an intention for what you're doing. Otherwise, you are really spraying and praying, going, okay, I'll just click, click, click here and see what comes out. So that's not the point. You know, you, you, you need to have some intention and some focus to actually... Uh, even just to gauge whether you got it right or not. If you're not aiming at anything, how do you know you got it? <laughs> you don't, got, don't get it. And that's why I do that, going back to your Zen camera thing and doing the visual diary. Um, that is a really interesting exercise. I don't think I could be that disciplined to do every day. But what I do do is because I, I love the fact that we're always walking around with a camera in our pocket because our phones are so amazing. And, um, and so I take, I use it a lot, you know, I do a lot of iPhone photography. And, um, and then I, I don't, it's so easy, though, to go out and take pictures and then just forget all about them. They're in the phone, we don't see them. It's not a problem with files, you know, and we don't download them into Lightroom or anything. So, you know, we do, we're not consciously looking at them. So I make a point every, not every day, maybe, but every few days to go back and go through, delete the ones that, you know, of course, I don't like, try to pick and choose one, keep that or, or a few or go over a series that I've done and figure out what, what am I doing there and why am I, you know, where, what is the work? It, it, it's the same type of exercise that you can do with a camera, you can do with a phone, you can do with anything because it's what you're trying to achieve in terms of catching a mood, catching a place, the atmosphere of a place or composition You can, of course, with a camera, you have a lot more to work with because you can change lenses and you can go after other things. But even just with a phone, we can do an awful lot of work very, very easily. Just put that quantity bit into the equation and, um, and really use it, really use it. Phones are not meant to be used as phones. They're meant to be used as cameras. <laughs> uh I think you, you raise a very good point here. I mean, the, the phone, the smartphone is really the perfect tool for this. And the reason being, I believe, is that uh, it's, it's always with you, of course. So you don't even have to think about taking it with you when you go out. 
you only need to think about taking photos. So that you remove one obstacle <laughs> in, the, in the way. And the other thing is that it's always now my phone is here on my desk. And if I have a few minutes, I can look at the pictures I've taken. My camera is in my bag somewhere in a wardrobe. And then if, I, okay, I need to look at my visual diary or I need to prepare my visual diary. I need to go get the camera, take the card out, put the camera in the, the card in the card reader and start my Lightroom application and everything and so on. With the phone, it's so much easier, much less friction to build this. So I believe it's the, really the, the perfect tool for, for this kind of practice. What Seth Godin is saying, of course, and you, you said you should we said that again and you just said it uh, we should not spray and pray we should not just do it mindlessly and aimlessly we should have some kind of uh, the end in mind as Stephen Covey was, was saying in his book uh, and of course uh, even Seth Godin doesn't say you should just throw in random directions that's, that's <laughs> not what it says right uh, you just throw in random direction and once in a million throws you will get a catch not that, he says you should throw in the direction of the other hand of course yes you you're should, perfect, you should, perfecting it perfecting you, the but throw. you're perfecting on the throw gesture not on the catch one it doesn't mean that you should throw blindly <laughs> uh, balls around until you hope that one bounces off a wall and falls in your other hand no that's that's not what he's saying so he, intent uh having some kind of goal in mind is important but that should not be uh the everything that we focus on we should focus on on the process and the voyage is uh, all about i mean uh, traveling is all about the voyage not the destination that's what they say right <laughs> yes it's absolutely about the voyage and um, about the journey about what we see and meet and experience because um, especially in photography the experience of doing it will come out in our photos the heart the emotions, all of that stuff. And photography is not a technical thing. Otherwise, you know, um, the best photographers have made what we might consider composition mistakes, blown the highlights, cut off heads, cut off feet, done all sorts of things that, you know, you look at a picture and you go like, oh, that's wrong. You know, this blur. It's like, you know, uh, what we say, we were saying that... Um, um, perfect focus is overrated. <laughs> it's actually, you know, blurring movements, all sorts of things that would be considered technically some mistakes. And then if you look at some of the big, big photographers' work, you see things, photographs that are very emotional, very moving, very special, and uh, they're not technically perfect. So what goes into a picture is not just getting the ISO and the aperture right, right? So all that is about putting more than just the the perfect little thing into it and making it just spick and span spotless, but to actually have something that has meaning and conveys emotion. And that comes from doing it over and over and over again, I think. Good. I think we covered a lot of ground today for, for this episode. Very meaty 
kind of yes. arguments, right? So <laughs> hope we've given our our listeners a few suggestions on how to go about doing their daily routines, their daily practice, their uh, getting down to work and not just saying, ah, you should go down to work, but no, actually how to to approach that, how to, to start with the type of mindset maybe that uh, we should adopt when we get yes. down to it. And it would be nice if listeners would write down how they do this. How, mm-hmm. What are their tricks and tips and other ideas that they might have to create a big body of work? What do they do daily? How do they approach it? And it would be nice to have everybody joining into this conversation and, you know, add to it. Yeah, you can find us at closingthegap.live. And it's a list of all of our episodes. And uh, yeah, just leave us a comment. Uh, use the contact page to send us suggestions and so on. You can also use a little button to record a little message or question that we will uh, read during one of the or listen to during one of the upcoming episodes, uh, which we hope to, <laughs> if we're still healthy, <laughs> if we recovered our health, we hope to be able to publish a new episode every week. We go out on Wednesdays. So um Keep an eye on us and subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever we are everywhere. Uh, just find us at the, the website at closingthegap.live. Okay, so before we wrap this up, uh, is there anything else that we would like to, to tell to our listeners? Or maybe not. It's fine. I think we have uh, said a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we said a lot. There's um, keep reading, keep being curious, keep finding out how other people do it. That's why I love people to share what they do so we all learn from each other. And um, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. Okay, bye now. Take care. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.